Welcome to Sketch Magazine Podcast, hosted by Bill Nichols, Senior Editor of Sketch Magazine, John Wilson, Editor of Sketch Daily over at ComicRelated.com, and myself, Robert W. Hickey, Publisher of Sketch Magazine and Co-Founder of Blue Line. Come back after the music and find out what we have to offer in this episode. Hey, what's up, creators? This is John, and you have once again located the Sketch Magazine podcast. I am joined, as always, with sketch publisher Robert Bob Hickey, <laughs> sketch editor Bill Bill Nichols. <laughs> Bill Bill. And Bill Bill, because there's no... We never call him William, so it's just Bill. And tonight we're going to be talking... How to protect your IP and how to protect your artwork in that evil, evil place called the Internet. How are you today, guys? Doing great, John. Doing good, John. So, uh, Bill, this was your baby. Tell us about, tell those people who have no clue what the heck an IP even is. Well, an IP is an intellectual property. I mean, we've talked about we've we've talked about it before, but. Um, in this past week, uh, a major blowout, blow up, happened with a, an artist. Um, I guess we can say his name, uh, Rob Granito, um, to the point where he was confronted at I think it was MegaCon by Ethan and Skiver. Skyver. Skyver. I mean, I met him mm-hmm. in person, but I say his whole name. <clears throat> and uh, Mark Wade, and basically what he was doing was uh, reproducing slash copying slash tracing uh, slash changing a little bit or splattering paint onto something else, some other pieces, and selling them as his own. <clears throat> um, but that's a big brouhaha that's gone on, and it's Going to, we're, we're probably going to see repercussions for, with other people who have sort of done the same thing kind of thing but um, one of the questions comes up is how do you protect yourself or are things that you can do to protect yourselves what do you really protect yourselves against um, I know on DeviantArt I've seen posts from people um, having their artwork put on you know they find it somebody else gives them a link to an eBay uh, store or whatever seller who is using their artwork on a t-shirt and it's, you know, they never asked, they never were compensated or maybe they were after they, you know, brought it up, but intellectual property, uh, that's, uh, what, how much does that encompass Bob? Is that everything, uh, idea, artwork, story, yeah, how far-reaching it is. Well, it really depends on what it is. Um, it's only—I mean, you can't sit here and say, "I thought of Square Bob, Square Pants, whatever that dude is, SpongeBob Square Pants." If you didn't design it, draw it, and have it published somewhere prior to them coming up with it, you can sit here and say, "I created that, all right." 
already. I ran into some of that stuff when I used to review portfolios and also created myself. That's why I don't look at portfolios anymore um, of anybody's original stuff. You want to show me artwork? Show me Marvel DC guys or something. I don't want to see anything that's yours. Um, so it, it, it can encompass the concept, design, the characters, the story, of course, you know, your, your logo, your identity, it's all about branding. And your IP can encompass that. But how you protect it? Well, you know, I was listening to a podcast a few months ago, and they were talking about as long as you publish it online with the trademark copyright, then it's considered published now. It's dated. It's time-stamped. Well, you need to really get things submitted if it's going to be a whole brand. And as far as your piece of artwork, like if he is aping over a piece of artwork and a colon is his own, it's going to get really, really hard to, I mean, you know it, you can put one guy out by putting a word out about him, and so nobody wants to deal with this guy, you know, ever. Um, thing is, he just goes by another name and comes back out, but, um. Uh, it, it's really it's really hard to marshal that or please something like that because then you can also get into guys who are creating stuff of licensed property you know they're not aping right. they're not tracing but they're drawing Star Wars stuff they're drawing you know whatever the hottest cartoon thing or True Blood or whatever um, they don't have license for that uh, Marvel, DC, those guys have been really cool about not doing anything. People doing that because sort of way a lot of their artists and other artists make money at shows is um, doing that. They supplement their income with it. Self-police. You, you brought it up in the early conversation before we started podcasting. Self-policing is probably the way it's going to have to be covered. And back to Bill. Okay. Uh, yeah, we yeah we had sort of the setup for this uh, before we actually podcast, which we actually had a conversation. But uh, I think one of the things that he, that's been brought up too that he could show up again at other shows, but at this point right now he's um, his pictures been plastered all over the place, especially with his. Uh, fake pieces of art or the things he's he's reproduced or you know, copied whatever swiped right and um, so him getting in there and and Ethan has uh, and other people have contacted all kinds of shows including I think Wizard World has uh, or Wizard you know, he's not going to be at any of those they banned him from the uh, the shows and other shows will probably uh, will follow suit um, so um, and one of the things too is you know his that he uh, not only padding his credentials about getting into um, these conventions and stuff but he got some prime uh, booth space I think at some and yeah there were other issues there about misrepresenting himself so just no big brothers always watching you that's right. And, and uh, with the internet now, we can all pass the information on quickly. 
Yeah, I think if you have a a, uh, a fair amount of, uh, say, a, a fan base or a, uh, a circle of friends, you know, people do see stuff, and that's how, like on DeviantArt and a couple other places where other people have seen somebody's artwork on that T-shirt or uh, somebody else may be selling prints or, or whatever of that piece. And, um, yeah, eBay will shut you down, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're a seller and doing that stuff. So there are some um, you know, poss- possible repercussions there and all that, ramifications and that. But um, sometimes it's, it's like never assume. Like with him, he, he had done it for years. He had done the, the show for years. So um, I don't know. <clears throat> I think... It's a touchy subject, especially like I said, with uh, uh, part of that padding of his resume and, and somewhere in his postings, he had um, when Dwayne McDuffie passed. That's he, that was the button pusher, it seemed like. Yeah, and um, that he had intimating that he had worked with him, and he had, and uh, that just sort of so, soiled and sullied the memory of Dwayne. Um, I mean, I. Honestly, I've traded emails with Dwayne a couple of years ago. We talked about, you know, him maybe doing some writing, uh, uh, writing for sketch about writing because he's, you know, right. he's been doing that. Mm-hmm. But you know, scheduling was pretty much the key issue because he's really busy, and it, even in any given day, you can see his name on all kinds of stuff. So, you know, I knew that, I and mean, that's pretty much. I said if you ever, you know, have the time, then you know, the door is always open. But um, I didn't know him personally, uh-huh. but people who did, you know, just really took offense at it, and I totally understand that. Uh, but yeah, it that was a a very sore spot with a lot of people. I mean, me included, especially you know once that got out. But uh, well, the thing is, people who do that, they're going to slip up. And, it, it, you know, making the claims that he made, that's where he slipped up, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everything just, just snowballed from there, you know. So uh, my sources <laughs> from the show says he packed up and cut out of the show as early on Sunday as he could. So good. You know, maybe maybe he's gone. Maybe he can go off and do something else, you know. Um, but this isn't anything new and it's not going to go away. Uh, maybe right. it'd be less tolerated, or maybe it'd be forgotten in a few weeks. Um, but I, I think it is important for everybody to self-govern each other. You know, watch out. You know, if you if you see a piece that's blatantly ripped off, wow. You know, make a judgment call on it. Think yeah, I think do. we should probably make a distinction here. Um, I know several people who create prints of their own artwork mm-hmm. of characters they don't necessarily own or so do I. not even not even hedging it that way characters they don't own. right yeah. <laughs> you know I, I know quite a few people who do that and we're not sketch talking cards, about yeah. yeah well not just sketch cards but uh, i know i know of a couple ex, uh, a couple of, of artists uh, two artists who are a couple male and female um who 
make a fairly good living on the prints that they create. Um, and we're not railing against stuff like that, or at least no. I'm not no. railing against stuff like that. I have no issue with that whatsoever, uh, because that's original artwork using using uh, you know licensed characters. Now, this guy, uh, uh, we were talking we were talking about it before the show. I can't see how he fooled anyone. Because anybody who's ever looked at a portfolio knows that you can usually see the artist's style in the first few pages. Oh, yeah. This guy had about 50 different styles going on. And he was using famous published artwork. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to be blunt about it, but anybody who thought he had done that stuff has to be an idiot <sighs> And you deserve to be taken because uh, you, you know, you could look at that and all but see the original artist's name on it. It's, it's, you know, I find, uh, in, I find it just insane that he fooled anyone at all. Um, and it also got me thinking about, and this may be a question for discussion, uh, back in the day. Uh, there was quite a bit of controversy um, over a young artist who was, uh, let's say, swiping images and putting them in his comics uh -huh. using his own characters, but essentially swiping poses, uh, you know, almost direct panel swipes mm -hmm. with this thing. And come to think of it, uh, I think more recently... Uh, uh, Nick Simmons, Gene Simmons' son, mm -hmm. got in trouble because he allegedly swiped an image from a manga title for the title he was working on. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, I don't recall the either the original title or his title, but yeah, apparently he got in some trouble for that. Uh, so where does that fall in the, uh, you know, I guess gray area? Um, I mean, I personally think it's reprehensible, reprehensible, but where does that fall in the gray area of uh, of what is and what isn't plagiarism? Well, it, it, I mean, it actually is, really. I mean, uh, we, we all know who I'm talking about, but I don't want to, you know, because right. he still is a, an active artist, so if you don't know who we're talking about, go right. learn some history. But <laughs> I mean, at this point, say... For example, that artist has such a body of work that, you know, some of that stuff is his. Right. So to have, you know, lifted panels or figures or whatever, and that just seems lazy to me. Um, and I do know of somebody else who, who did a whole book like that years ago, um, and then ended up getting a. A, an art director position with a with a comic book company, which I, I found laughable, but okay. <laughs> um, you know, it, stuff like that happens, and just like with the Rob Granito thing, you know, if you're there are so many, if you go to a convention, there are so many artists um, showing their work that you know, it's not it's not that you're overwhelmed, but 
there is such a it's like seeing a forest for the trees right kind of thing there are so many things to look at to look through and and it, it you know maybe just fell through the cracks in a lot of cases or people just dismissed it thinking it was something else or that it, or people who bought the stuff may have been not in, enough in the know to know what they were looking at think, or looking for I think that's a big part of it I think just the people who goes to the shows are looking for shiny coins, you know, something to catch their eyes, to spend some money on, to remember the show by, or or maybe find this artist they didn't know. And there's artists out there who do very well off of that, you know. Um, it's sort of, it's sort of like Clay's way. I did C2E2, okay? I had some cool stuff out there but nobody truly knows these characters out there except for my little inner circle right i didn't do well i could have done prince of star wars some prince of true blood and stuff and i'd never done worked on any of those projects and probably sold them pretty well but i didn't i want my thing is building the brand so uh, here's my big worry, is that for years and years, Marvel, DCs, these guys have ignored these artists in Artist Alley because usually it's their guys who are, are, are benefiting from it, making extra income, and so they sort of ignore the rest of them. Eventually, now that D- Disney owns Marvel and who owns DC? Warner Brothers? Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Warner Brothers is really getting active in DC's pocket. It could come down on conventions that they're going to have people like Star Wars does walk around and say, you don't have a license for that print. Get it off the table. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't start policing it. So it's something that's you know some of these guys are going to have to really look at. So that's yeah, I wouldn't. I don't. I don't know how I would feel if I walked by a table and saw a Clay'sway rip off. I go, uh, hmm. I probably get upset. You guys know me pretty well. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I think I think that's pretty. You know, because uh, you know, we're jacking our bus and our tail and putting this thing out, and trying to build stuff, and yeah, I have a feeling I might be a little upset. So, I I, I don't know. Um, you know, this rap thing, I think it's, you know, it, it'll pass by. Will Mark Wade call the shows and have them banned? Probably. Mark sort of likes to get on bandwagons and do stuff, so and that's fine. The guy really shouldn't be out there. If all, he, if all he's going to do is ape over other artists, he doesn't really need to be out there. Yeah, and that casts a, a, a negative light on a lot of other people, too, mm-hmm. so... Um, some deservedly, maybe, who are doing the sort of the same thing, but uh, maybe that will prevent some people from doing that and, and sort of self-police, if you will, themselves as to what they're putting out there. Because that's one of the things that you have to think about is what your image is, um, what the one that you're portraying, whether it's uh, whether it's uh, what what you put into it, say you're a guesting at a show and you send in a bio and you have filled it with 
your fraudulent or exaggerated uh, credits, published credits, non-published, whatever. You're, you you know you pad your resume. Uh-huh. Well, if it's one of those shows that prints a little blurb that has you know space for it, and then other people see that, and say another person from who has worked actually legitimately worked on those things sees it, then you know then you might get you know get confronted like somebody else. All right. Um, and you don't want that. You know, people do it. Oh yeah. You know? To get to get into a show, yeah, they will. Um, so you just have to be careful and uh, not stretch the truth. Be who you are. Be who you know who. You, be who you're meant to be, and that's you, not uh, somebody else. Which has happened before too. Yep. So, but people, sometimes people don't know. You know, there was years ago there was some guy going around to comic shops, I think, in Canada, saying he was John Byrne. Uh huh. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I don't know, fifteen, twenty years ago. But you know, he did that a couple of times. But yeah, you know, with the internet, people can look up John Byrne and see a picture of him easily enough. Right. Back then, not a lot of people knew what you know, a lot of these comic creators look like. Right. Well, I say these comic creators were comic creators too, but um, yeah, I mean it's it's especially with the internet, it's it's a, it's a lot easier to find stuff, find people, mm-hmm. do background checks in some cases, uh, do a little research, and that's one of the things is do your homework on both ends of it, whether you're putting something out there. Or um, maybe you see something that you know was not created by a certain artist, but it was possibly created by somebody else. You know, questions do get asked, and yeah, I mean, you just don't want that kind of hate. Right. You know, there are better things to do than have Ethan, Ethan come after I wouldn't want Ethan <laughs> come after me, I have to say. No, no, I mean, no. he's, I'm, you know, I'm in Chicago, but he's... I mean, he's nice enough because we did, had done that interview with, you know, Sketch. Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I could see, especially with the very vivid accounts of um, the confrontation, I could see all that going down. So, um, yeah, so how can you protect your art on the Internet, do you think? Well... I uh, I got a link from uh, my buddy Tony Longshore. Shout out to Tony. All right, who Tony had done had done a a video link uh, to sort of an entreaty to uh, convention people about this very subject. And maybe um, one of the things he said, I don't know what the feasibility is, but uh, putting a watermark sort of which I guess would be a filter or you know layer on a piece of you know Photoshop of, and people on the DVR do it a lot I see that mm-hmm. um, across the original artwork or the pieces that they put up they have their name uh, superimposed over it so that's one way I mean if you're going to swipe something then you, you know, then you have to do a, you know, a bit of work to take that out but 
Um, you know, I, I watched his, his video and you know, all props to him and anybody else who um, who sort of who goes that extra step to help other people now keep from be, either being ripped off or conventions being uh, sort of misrepresented because that sheds a bad light on the convention if they allow that stuff to happen or if it, something negative comes up. Right. Yeah, there's notoriety there. But do you really want to be that convention that had the blow up of whatever, where you, especially where you allowed a certain artist or would be artist or want to be artist to, you know, to do this stuff? So. Yeah, I mean, the only uh, thing I really heard come out of MegaCon was this blow up. Right. So, right. Yeah, that did kind of ruin them <laughs> for this year. Yep. That's all I've heard about. So it's sort of like, hmm, I agree with you. I don't, it's not what, shows will want to get away from that, so. Go out, do yeah, your own you stuff. Want it, you want it to be a positive, you want everything to be a positive experience. That's really the, the end run to the whole thing is, if I'm a, if I have a convention, I want everybody to have a good time, whether it's creators, uh, people attending, um, retailers, I want it to be a positive thing for all those people because you want it to continue to the next year, hopefully, or however, you know, often if you're, I don't think many of, of them do it more than once a year, but, uh, but you want that to, you know, not leave a bad taste in people's mouths. So, sorry, I interrupted you. Who, me? No, you did good. Yeah. No, yeah. you're doing good. Keep it up. Yeah. Oh, hey. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I, now I forgot what, <laughs> what point I watched. <laughs> I, I think we killed Rob to death here. Basically, we're saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's going to be the poster child for, for this be, for a while. Yes, so. and he should be. Uh, you know, I before we started, you guys started talking about this before we started taping. I went on this site. I saw, I didn't see one piece of original artwork that's pasted on his site. Truthfully, that's sort of crazy, man. Because the net's big. Real big. And so, and some of his credits is on his site. I, right. Yeah, you know, I question. So, you know, you're going you're gonna to get found. You're going to get called out. I think even now, you're going to get found and called out even more. So why even take the chance? Create your own original yeah, stuff. You're going to grow faster, quicker, and you don't have to worry about my dog barking in the background um, on any of it. So, so being a publisher, having been a publisher, um, how would you go about protecting, say, Blood Moses or Race Danger? What have you done to do that? Um... I've had to protect titles, names before. Um, Blood and Roses, I had to file a cease and desist on. And just, I just went through the lawyer and filed a legal cease, legal, you know, cease and desist. Um, thought I was going to have to on Race Danger because I um, had heard about some stuff. And basically, I sent them a letter before I got the lawyer and involved and as far as I know they never did anything else 
So I haven't had a lot of that. I do have a book that was created for me very, very early on by an artist who I know plagiarized a lot of panels in this book, which I didn't know at the time I published it. Uh, found out much later. Um, that creator has asked me never to reprint that book. And uh, I agree to, with them. I won't. Um, I may pull the characters out that was created for because I really like them. But that single issue I will not reprint or republish because there's just too many um, aped panels and, right. and scenes directly from some other comics. So, yeah, I've had to deal with it a little bit as a publisher and as a creator. And you, know, you deal with it with each. Like I said, I guess at some point if Clay'sway ever takes off and I walk up to the table and I see some dude selling Clay'sway prints, I'm going to hand him my card and say, uh, that's not licensed. Get it off your table. Yeah. You know, they better have a big bouncer sitting there. And punch him in the nose. That's right. Tell him to sit down. So like Ethan did. Sit down. So, yeah, I, I don't know. You just got to be careful. Try to try to do your own work. Get it out there. Now, copyright-wise, do you file with the uh, Library of Congress and all that stuff? Like, I, I do book? and will the comics. Have I done Clay'sway yet? Not yet. But I just published in print the first comic, what, two weeks ago? Right. So I'm sending it off. Um, from what I understand, I don't really have to because it's all been published on the net. But I'm going to uh, file and you know file for trademark and copyright and everything that's supposed to be filed. It's just it's costly, time-consuming. Right. But you really need to do it. So yes, I will continue to do the Library of Congress and file things. Definitely. Okay. can't hurt. Yeah, I asked that because Tim Tilly is on Facebook, and he just asked me if he, he was just commenting on a situation with his that he didn't have the, the money to copyright, uh, follow through on a copyright with some of his original ideas. Well, so, there used to be this mailing where if you, if you had, you self-mailed something to yourself and it was post-dated, and you didn't open right. it, and you allowed the judge to open it. But I heard nine times out of ten that was thrown out. That that's not really true documentation, or you know, at that point, if you self-mail it to yourself, it's time-stamped, it's dated. You have something saying that you created that. Um, right. I, but I've heard rumors that that never ever worked really. So it's really not a good way. You need to just file. I, it, I don't think it's real expensive. I know to some, 25 bucks is expensive. Um, get it in print. Get it online. Do something to get it copyrighted at least that way. Right. Get it time stamped that way. Because if you if you publish it and you put your copyright on it, is there not a, a limited copyright? Correct. In doing that. Right. If it's something you want to protect, even if you don't think you do. Um, do it. But, you know, if you want to protect your ideas and stuff, I think Matt Broom has, uh, with his, I think it's Creator Safe, he probably has some uh, 
FAQs, you know, mm-hmm. facts. Cool. About some of that stuff, maybe. I, I need to ask him. But that was, you know, uh, that was sort of getting like creators and different people in uh, in, in the industry or at different aspects of the industry, and you know, in one playground, so that they could help each other out. So right. I need to investigate that. So okay, then I could talk more. Sounds good. So we can okay. add more to the conversation later. Right. So shout out to Matt Brown. Way to go, Matt. <laughs> That's what I'll just do every time I every time I name drop them. Shout out. Yeah, you, shout out. You big and I'll shout out. Hey, Matt. <laughs> It'll become there the shout out show. Yeah. Please no more shout outs. All right. Please tell Bill to shut up. We got any mail to talk about? No. More. No? No, I don't think so. No, I don't think we got any. No Viagrads or something? Nothing like that? Actually, no. No? Wow, man. Our email must really be getting lost. Um, What's up with that, listeners? Yeah, please. We need some email. Sometimes people will uh, you know, mention stuff board. to me on Facebook or whatever. So, right. But I, I, I don't have a file or a folder just to, <laughs> to shut all those over. But um, Stop talking to Bill on Facebook. Come talk to me. Yeah, get on the email and send it to all three of us so we have it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true because it, cause it will go to all three of us uh-huh. if you do it to, at podcast okay. at sketchmagazine.net. You got it. Um, yes. I was looking at uh, the podcast on uh, topic threads on comic related. Uh huh. On the forum, I was seeing what what podcasts. We got a couple of comments, but okay. See what they were. So what else is going on? I've been working on the Clay'sway store. Oh wait a minute! I got two Viagra ads. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, see that stuff goes to my spam file. So. Um. I get AARP. Yeah. Yeah, that's another one. Because it'll say Robert. Oh, you are 50 now. Not yet. All right, this is something that somebody emailed us, and I'm not too sure if we contacted it or not. But I have this problem, and it wouldn't be bad to talk about it, because I have no Brian listens to the podcast. Um, it says, been, uh, this is from G. It just says, G, uh, Greg, been listening to the show, and I'm catch up on each episode. I'd like to know if you have any suggestions where folks interested in careers in comics can look for salary info for the respective positions they're interested in. Bensler, Inker, Collars, right. Writer. We did discuss this, didn't we? Uh, yeah, uh, he's he's actually one of the ones that commented. That's um, on, uh, let's see, podcast number 33, where we were talking about creating a fan page and getting the word out. Uh, it, it basically, his experience is that... Um, Getting in, you know, if he's going to devote himself to full-time comics or try to, uh, what should he reasonably expect or or ask for, I guess? And he um, says, 11 years ago, I got my first comic book published. It was $15 a page, penciled, inked, and lettered by hand. He said, I'm sure things have changed since then. Perhaps not much, but it's, um, 
suggestion with your connections. You can get obtain information information on starting page rates for folks looking to break into the industry. Um, something like an annual salary guide. Well, the thing is that a lot of companies aren't going to talk about that. Nope. That's the thing. Uh, most high-profile creators won't talk about that. No. Um, Everything's so that, done exclusive for them. Each creator has their own contract page rate. Right. Exclusivity or non-exclusivity and all that. But let me ask you, as a guy coming up, just starting out, who's really good, um, what, what kind? Of, what do you think they're pulling for pencils, for inks, colors? Do any, do either one of you guys know? No, I don't. Um, <clears throat> I've always kind of heard that the going page rate for inkers for a new person uh-huh. is around ten to twenty dollars a page. Really? Ooh, that's low for for an independent. Yeah, for an independent, you know, right. for someone. Just starting out and, you know, not linked up with a, a major company or anything. Um, I've heard, you know, I've heard a lot of people say 10 to $20 a page, but. Right, because I have, I have a ton you, of anchor friends that work for Marvel and DC, but I'm not going to mm-hmm. ask them because I don't think they want to tell me. Right. You know, cause, because they don't want to get out with. It's like at your workplace, mm-hmm. you, you know, they talk about you don't talk about your salary. And actually, in some place, that's policy, even though it happens, uh, because management or whoever does not want that getting out. Because if somebody finds out that somebody else is making more, or that they are making less than somebody else, right, then it becomes a con- you know a conflict. Right. So, um, really, it if you're going to do what? No, I was going to say it is a strangely closely guarded secret. You know, yeah. I, I know a lot of people are dicey about talking about their money, but I've never seen any group of people that's more apprehensive than, about talking about their money than comic creators are. Well, I, I think a lot of it is the guys getting into aren't making anything, but they're well, yeah. wanting to do this, knowing that if they create, they're going to get better. And the more they create, then you start making a little bit of money, and then you make a little bit more money, and then you hope to land one of those prestigious jobs at the top three or four publishers, you know. Um, You don't get anything from Image. Image, you make a profit off your project. You don't go to Image as a penciler, as an anchor. You go to Image as a whole project, and you hope that you make more than what their fee is for soliciting it to you if they accept you. So, yeah, the top three or four publishers, and that's it. Um, I know... Um, I, in the past, I paid by project. And what I mean by that is, if I thought a project could clear you know, $2,000, then I would break down the pay on... I had $2,000. I wasn't looking at making a profit, you know. And what I mean is clear is after after production, after printing, after distribution, um, if I thought I could still clear two grand, and you know that's what I would break down, whether it was fifty dollars a page for pencils or a hundred dollars page for pencils, you know, um, I, I think I paid more than ten dollars page for anchors, I think. I don't know. Um, 
usually coloring was either farmed out by another source or we did it in house. So that was always covered. But yeah, I mean, now we're getting back into the arena. I've been looking at what going rate is. What's what are some people making? Can they make a living at it? You know, stuff like that. So. Yeah, in some cases you can find people who just really, you know, are willing to take a chance, and they, they really wanted to get work out there, and that's a sort of a trade-off too. Uh, knowing that going in, mm-hmm. that maybe part of the conversation is you get, you know, ten copies of your, the book that you're in, or five copies, whatever. But part of you know part of the the deal is that if you are looking at what your page rate could be. Um, you can you can investigate. You might be able to, to sort of glean from different sources what somebody the ballpark figure. Um, but as for specifics, mm-hmm. I'm, I, you know, I'm really sorry, Greg, but we just don't know. Could because, like I said, you know that's not that it's national security, but it is in some cases sort of job security. Mm-hmm. Some of it is uh, financial security. Uh, what you know for whatever reason. And, you know, there are as many reasons as there are creators, really, or companies or, you know, jobs. So it's really what you can negotiate, um, what you're willing to do, what you're willing to get out of it. If you are um, sort of hired help or if you are a co-participant, you know, if you are a participant, a co-conspirator, a collaborator, whatever, uh, in a project, if it's creator-owned, um, if say for example, if Fred Lang and I do that bounty hunter book as a creator-owned project one of these days, then he'll own right half of it. You know, we're, we'll split it. Right. Uh, if I were to hire him to do it, I better do it now while he's maybe still affordable, but uh, he's going to do well mm-hmm. he will do well and um, you know there are others out there that that are you know making that leap and uh, it's really what you can what you can sort of negotiate that's something you you sort of have to, you, you do have to look at what you're going to get out of it right. whether it is uh, exposure because sometimes in the past Especially when I, when you know, sort of, you know, Jerry Foley and I, and we were going to shows and we were showing our portfolios and, and that sort of thing. One of the stepping stones, or one of the the things, and I've talked before about the Bob uh, McLeod mm-hmm. experience, you know, with him saying, "Why aren't you working?" That changed my mindset. Um, another thing that changed was actually being published. Once I got published, uh, and you know, it was by Boneyard Press. That was the very first one. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I was actually working on stuff for Bob, but <laughs> uh, stuff with Hart came out first. Uh, being published sort of changed my perspective as well. Um, how I approached it, and it gave me a published credit. And then it seemed like, you know, after that, then they started just coming. But sometimes it's getting to that first published credit is sort of like, you know, it's an uphill climb. And then it's not that it gets, you know, 
he'll get any smaller, but maybe he evens out a little bit. And you can, or you catch your second wind, or build your stamina up, or whatever you want. You know, whatever analogy you want to use. But um, you know, it's what you want to get out of it. If you if you love comics, that's part of it too. Some people look at it as a business. And that's all it is is a business, and you can sort of tell with some people. But um, if it's something that you love, that's got to factor into it as well. Right. Well, I remember early on in the studio, one of the studios I had, one of the guys working for me brought in an artist um, who wanted to work with us. I'm like, all right, let's interview him. So we talked to him. And the guy was good. Don't get me wrong, he's very good. Um, and he's gone on to do great work. But at this point, he was like, I want 500 hours page. And I about choked. I was like, 500 hours page, okay. Hmm, that's 10 grand a book for a 20 page. I says, I, you know, I don't think you realize what we publish here to be able to afford that kind of money just for pencils. You know? Um, he's very raw. Um, his artwork's good, but he himself was very raw. Now, he went on to end up landing a job at Top Cow. And I think since then, he's doing Marvel stuff. So he had a business mind. He knew what he was worth. He wasn't worth it at that point in time. But um, he knew what he's going to be worth. But I about choked when he said that. But, you know, that was like, yeah, okay. I mean, you're not going to make 500 hours page starting out. It's just not going to happen in this market. You know, I don't want to burst anybody's bubbles or anything, but uh, you know, I will be honest with you. It's just it's not going to happen. This market, there's too many guys coming up who want to get into this market. And or can you end up making that kind of money? You can probably end up making more of that money if you become good, you become consistent. And you usually you go off and create your own thing. Because creating stuff for other people, it's going to be real hard to make that kind of money. So, but, yeah, that was fun. So what do you think, guys? Have we done well? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're basically just, gonna, you know, we're not going to, I guess, dig deep on it. Some of this stuff's already been, uh, will already have been said, of the, you know, some of the same, of course, with a little more venom, I think. Right. And to me, it seems like right now some of the people who are spouting the venom the most are the people who are not directly affected by it. So I think now it is really the time to let things calm down and and for that to be dealt with, um, the situation. But looking to the future, I think, and I'm all about positive experiences, and I don't know that there is a, for him, maybe there will be, you know, someday if he learns a lesson from it. But for other people, I think the positive thing needs to be that that you do look to the future and that you do protect yourself, protect your creations if you are uh, doing something because you have to watch out for yourself, watch out for your buddies. Exactly. I mean, if you guys saw a Clay's White piece, you'd let me know. Or you all have the rights to smack them for me, all right? So, yeah, I agree. you got to watch out for each other. Sorry, Bill. Uh-uh. Back you no, up, buddy. True. I mean, what? Yeah, <laughs> represent. <laughs> you know, after this time, after you know, been around, uh, kicking around for what, almost twenty years. Yeah, we've been around. Yeah, you know, I have. 
you know, I have people that I've known for 20 years or, or almost, you know, I've known Francesco for almost that long. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, look at him. I mean, look at the stuff he does. I mean, oh gosh, but he has a very definite style. Oh, shout out to Francesco. Francesco. But if I saw something that was in that style, I might say to him, hey, you look at this guy because he's got something. To, not that he's copying your style, but right. he's got something. Because Francesco looks at other people's work and is, you know, if he likes it, he'll. And a lot of people have mutual respect. Not that he goes out looking for other people who are copying his style. I don't think he concerns himself with that because he's uh, not. He's uh, one of a kind. Yes. Shall we say he's. He's, he's great. Great at what he does. Yes, he is. Just like Adam Hughes. His artwork is. Um, he had a two. Sorry. He had a two-page no, spread ahead. there at uh, C2E2. That uh-huh. oh my gosh, it's just yeah. Francesco's are just doing knockout babes, knockout babes. Yeah. And this piece, it's just like I want him to do some Blood and Roses stuff. You know, I'm like oh my gosh. So at some point in time, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, he, he is great. I said something about inking him, yeah. inking something of his. And he said, anytime, anytime I see pencils that he wants, or you know that, that he, he posts, and just let him know, and he'll email me a high res copy. I was like, oh yeah, you just open the treasure trove there. <laughs> but, which for some people they go, you would actually eat Francesco. Yeah, yeah. I would. I would ink Dick Giordano sketch cards if I'd had the, you know, if it, you know, if he had some the blue line. And we weren't getting like a you know, oh, thousand cards. Uh, John, he's going to bring this up every time we talk about inking somebody. Yeah. You know that? Uh, I know. He's, oh, he's never going to let me live that Just down. Just let him go. <laughs> well, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying he sent them to you guys. <laughs> there was already, that was in the midst of hundreds of cards coming in. Thousands, just about. Yeah. Right. So, no, I, that was just. You know, All right. Which we're going to talk about next week. Comics for Cures cards. Throw that in there real yes, quick. Yeah. So protect yourself, protect your creations. Uh, look to the future. Yep. You know, help out your buddies. Yep. I agree. Don't so. mess it up. Nah. So on top of that, um, you guys got to help me figure out how to title this show because I really have no clue. Um. John, what's been going on over at the uh, ComicRelated.com sketch blog? Well, speaking of sealing things, I found several <laughs> very good, uh, very good tutorials that I did not do. Okay. But, but the people who did them give full credit for the tutorials. Um, I found one very long. Well, very long as in an hour. So it depends on your attention span. But um, it's a full video on creating a comic using Manga Studio, and it's done by Doug Tennaple. I always mispronounce his name, but um, it's a it's essentially a webinar on on creating Manga Studio done by him and the people who create Manga Studio. So uh, go check that out. Take an hour of your time; it's worth it. Um, I also have a couple by Marvel artist um, Paolo Riviera. He's a painter. Uh, Many people have probably seen his stuff. Uh, They'll probably be very familiar with his work once you look at it. 
he talks about his process, the tools he uses, and why painting comics isn't necessarily the brightest thing he ever did. Um, then we have uh, a gentleman from Paradoxia Studios. Uh, he's an indie artist. I never did quite catch his name, but he gives a nice little plug to Blue Line Pro. So I also included that. All right. Uh, he... He stated he not only stated that Blue Line is where he gets all his art supplies, or at least the majority of his art supplies, but also that uh, he runs the web page on a scroll beneath his uh, video. What's his name again? For a couple of seconds, I don't know his name. Sadly, I never could find out his name. Uh, he never said it, and we'll give you a. Sh- but it's Paradoxia right. Studios. Paradoxia Studios, shout out. Shout out, line. Paradoxia. Yeah. Shout out! <laughs> but Paradoxia. yeah, uh, and, and uh, he's got some great work too, so uh, go check that out. Uh, another inking tutorial on, uh, this one's on start to finish, uh, doing, uh, using the computer. Oh, actually, no, this one's start to finish using a pen. Uh and then the one after that is using dip pens, uh, otherwise known as crow quills. Mm-hmm. It's done by an artist called Scribbling Angel. Uh, then there's a very good uh, short video on improving your inking control. Uh, I was on kind of a inking kick this week, obviously. Uh, this artist talks about muscle memory and how if you do something a certain amount of times, your body will remember that action and continue to do it he equates that to inking oh i agree it was just added that i can remember building a few member after i started inking after having not inked for a couple years i called you up i was like i don't know what is wrong with me but i'm having trouble with this brush i'm just not pulling the lines and it's because i wasn't used to it it hadn't been a long time since i had to sit down and try to truly ink with a brush and it yep. it was it took me a while to get the control back. Um, yeah, with uh, just this you know this last stretch here, I mean, I, it's been a struggle for me to ink because I can't get in that groove. Right. But I found the groove. So. Woo! Shout out. Hey, groove. All right, sorry, John. Shout out to the groove. <laughs> no, that <laughs> the groove. that actually catches the groove. That actually catches us up. Cool. Cool. And Bill. Other than Rob, yeah. what's been going over at the uh, sketch community on comic related? Uh, lots of posts, more people coming in, some people showing off their portfolios, and uh, a couple of, like Fred Lang has uh, gotten his uh, tryout scripts from Marvel. He hasn't posted anything yet, but he's uh, working up to that. He's studying and uh, prepping, but a couple other people have gotten tryout scripts or have been working on their portfolio pieces or their you know what they're going to take so uh, I mean that's always good to see plus just the new you know people around Mm -hmm. or people who may have been lurkers before who are now showing up and contributing and doing stuff so that's kind of cool great Uh, We, we do seem to have gotten a few more female creators in the board's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Which is yeah. nice. I would. I would agree. Which is nice. Yes. Yeah. Because that's a. 
I mean, you know, there are female creators and fans out there. It's just uh, finding them and and sort of getting them active. And I, I they are a quiet majority. Right, right. Because I mean, just think about how many there are. Right. And you don't really think about it, but then when you start doing the numbers, yeah. So pretty cool. Cool. Uh, how about comments? So I guess uh, with that, I, well, I guess with that, I need to give a shout out to the Nerd Girls podcast. Oh, they're great. If we're gonna talk about female creators, yeah, I got. To oh, meet them at C two E two. Emma and everybody. Yeah, speaking of that, Bob, I have to call you out on something. Oh God. Uh, what? I um, um, Amy Royer, the uh, wife of decapitated Dan Royer, Amy. one of our reviewers. Amy. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, she was running video. Uh huh. At B two. Yeah. And uh, I I was watching the video and I noticed when you saw the camera. You had this look of, oh, no, <laughs> in your eyes. That's... You got up, pulled some cards off the table, and walked away. <laughs> I, I'm, that's very typical of me. Yeah. Yeah, what? so I, I just had to call you out on that yeah. one. I, I mean, to someone who didn't know you, they wouldn't realize what you did. But knowing that I know you, I know that look. And you just slid right out of there when right. you saw her walking up that I remember. I remember doing that now. Yeah, I was getting out of town. But yeah, um, the funny thing with Amy is that at the end of the show, um, she goes, do you even know my name? I looked at her and said, sweetheart, I do not. I, I, you're Dan's wife. <laughs> and she started laughing. She said, it's Amy. I said, okay. Hi, Amy. This is after we've been together for three days talking and everything. So. But, you know, she was That's just crazy. one of the family, the CR family there. So... Um, but it was a good time. Actually, I think Chuck and I might talk to her about editing the uh, Kickstarter video for Clay'sway, because it's something she does. She edits know. videos for weddings and stuff. Yes, she does. Yes, so uh, we uh, discussed maybe talking to her, helping us put it together. Cool. So that's cool. You brought that up, but yeah, I, I remember her doing it, and yeah, I don't do well in front of video. I'm out of there usually. What? Yes. What? Imagine that. I don't want to see that crap stuff. Mr. Yeah, Podcast. somebody takes a picture, you lean in. Uh, yeah, but, that's right. Yeah. Well, Chuck posts with has... my eyes closed. I was like, what's up with that? It's the only one I took. Oh, man. That That's okay. Calling uh, calling Chuck out a little bit, too, because I already called him out. Uh, uh, you know, I already called him out when I was talking to him. Uh-huh. There's a... There's a picture of him out there looking very bleary eyed um <laughs> at at the saturday part of c2e2 so apparently he overindulged in happy times Must have been. the night before i think they podcast oh the night before friday night the night prior yeah yeah, yeah i think they had a good time yeah because there was a rough picture of him i'm just too old on one of the websites carrying i think carrying them they uh, Chuck and Chuck, I think they had a good time. Yeah, but, yeah, that would have been me. I'm like, sorry guys, I gotta go to bed it's now. It's too long of a weekend, you know. And some yeah. of these artists, well, Chuck lived up there, but uh, you know, they their pack up is pack up like three, four little pieces of art and stand down. I'm out of there. 
Well, shoot, I got right. a two or three hour pack out with blue line before I even get to hit the road, you know? So it, it makes it a long weekend. So, um, last week, I think we discussed about some shows, and Bill, you'd brought up that it looks like you may or may not be doing Chicago. Mm-hmm. Well, I cannot. I will be in Florida with the family. Oh, too bad. The wife just informed me that we are leaving on the 5th and we will not be back to the 14th that night. So I will be sunning and tanning in Florida that weekend. And I asked Mike if he thought he would do it. And he was like, most likely not, unless he could find somebody to drive the truck up and help him run the booth. So I'm not too sure. That could change. You know, we're talking about putting a small road crew together to help us out because C2E2 showed us that we could use a couple people to help out. So if we can get some people in place, um, it could change and Blue Line could be there because I'd like to have it there. Um, but so right now... I see. I, I go to a show, you don't show up. I see how it is. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Buddy, I will it's end personal. up doing 12 shows this year. You will end up doing one, okay? 12? That's nothing. Oh. <laughs> Hey, I am thinking about doing Derby. Oh, are you? Yeah, I don't think I would be. Yeah, I think I'm going to be available for Derby. And we'll talk offline about that, why I might be available. Uh-oh. So, um, all right, um, let's see. Prep and sketch. Looks like it's coming together pretty well. Bill, you and I will talk some more like about that offline. Um, Clay's way. Um, Jackie and I drew the... Oh, Jackie drew, I art edited it. Now I get to clean up the pencils, ink it, and color it. So I do do work on it. The cover for the Kickstarter comic, and it's going to be awesome. Um, I'm really interested. I want to scan that and put it out there because what we've done, it, we've done it in three pieces. We drew the kids in one piece. That's going to be the cover. And then she drew the, the what we call the stuffies. That's the stuffed animals in their imaginated forms as another piece that we're going to slide in behind the kids. And then this is a pirate story. So we came up with Seabeard the Pirate. And he's going to be another part. So we end up building a poster and a banner out of this one piece of artwork. But they all three break down as individual pieces of artwork too. So it's a way to maximize the amount of artwork that we can get out of it. So I'm really interested in sharing that with some people. It turned out really nice. Jackie worked really hard on this. Next week we got to kick on some strips because we're starting to catch up on our strips. So. Um, just that, and I will be, Blue Line has a newsletter coming out, hyping some new art books and sketchbooks and stuff, so, if you're on, on our mailing list, cool, if not, go to Blue Lines, get signed up, so, guys, uh, oh, yes, sir. Oh, before I, before I let you go, speaking of hyping things, um, go to Comic Related and check out my review of the Letra Set Marker Set. Oh, cool. Hit hit just about an hour ago so okay go check that out awesome awesome um john how can they reach you yes sir uh they can reach me three ways you can reach me at john at sketchmagazine.net john at comicrelated.com and if you need some help with marketing and other things you may reach me at john at sequentialsupport.com bill how can they reach you uh, comicsmentor at gmail.com or the comic related forum. I'm usually there. 
Okay. Or peeping in or whatever. Oh, peeping in. Um, you can reach me at bobh at bluelinepro.com or you can reach all three of us at podcast at sketchmagazine.net. All right, guys. Thanks. It's been a good one. All right. Thank you. See you.